Professor X? Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is a man who has changed his name in the Discord. Formerly the artist known as Binks, now Justin. What's happening, my guy? Hey, man, I'm doing great. How about you? Oh man, you know I'm chilling. Really happy to be on the podcast. I've been really enjoying the games for the HPP League so far. It's been a lot of fun. Have you played in that at all? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I lost my first game. It was a nail biter. I was playing webs. Uh, my opponent just just played better than I did. Uh, he uh, he surprised me with some tactics cards in Cabal, and just just great play. Wiped me off the field and scored like eight points on our final round. I was up fifteen to ten or something, and they each closed the game out eighteen to fifteen. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's but it was it was but it was great. It was a great three round game. It was really well played by him. Nice, nice. Yeah, those are the things that's like. Even when you get those losses, you look back on it and you say, man, what an incredible game overall. And then for me, I always try to take some lessons out of games, especially with what the idea of the HPP League is. And that is Adepticon prep, practice things, try different stuff. And I always try to come away from from those league matches with some lessons. You know what I mean? Yeah, look at your opponent's tactics card and know what they do. So, <laughs> lesson I should have learned by now, but I definitely have got it in my head now. Yeah. Well, it's for me, it's especially hard on TTS specifically because mm-hmm. you're you're it's you're trying to like look at the board, right? And then you have to like scroll back to see your own cards. Then you got to roll over to see your opponent's cards and all this stuff. It feels yeah. like so much more intuitive and easy to manage all those little systems when you're playing in real life than it does on tabletop simulator, in my opinion. I, I agree. I think what I want to start doing is just taking a screenshot of them and putting them on my other monitor. Smart, smart. Yeah. I've recently started the two monitor life and I'm never going back. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was anti two monitors for a long time. And then uh, I, my first software engineering job, they hooked us up with two monitors and then I was like, Oh, this is what I've been missing. Yeah. And, uh, yep, never again. Yeah. I, I wasn't so much anti two monitors. I was just like, I don't want to buy a second monitor. And then I got an ultra wide, a 34 inch, and then I have my 27 inch monitor beside it. And I'm just like, this is the life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nerd stuff. So, anyways, anyways, <laughs> speaking of nerd stuff, we are here today to talk about. The one and only professor, Xavier. He's not, is he the only professor in Marvel? No. I mean, he's the only like named professor, Xavier, obviously. But like, are there other professors? Are there other professors? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Not that I can think of. I know he's the only one that runs a school for the gifted youngsters. So that's a thing. 
But Professor Xavier finally got revealed with card art and all that fun stuff. So we're going to talk about this character today. And this is one I am quite excited for personally because I think it's a character that is really interesting. I know that when you look at this character, you see a lot of interesting things that AMG has done to capture the essence of this character. And I also look at this as a character where they could have gone a lot of different directions, but they clearly went with a very specific vision that I think is very interesting. Yeah, he's super, super interesting character. Um, and I've been playing X-Men for a long time, and I think he, he opens up some play styles that they haven't had, and I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, as always, let's talk about this model. And I love it. Like, it's so simple, but it's exactly what Professor Xavier should be. I mean, he's in the hover chair. Which, I was low-key worried that they were going to put him with, like, the Cerebro helmet on from, like, the more modern Jonathan Hickman run and everything. And and we saw this model a while back, so we knew that they weren't. But when it was, like, one of those things where it's like, I'm really glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I could also see them doing, you know, just like a modern movie take where he's just in a normal wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, but, but no. This is definitely, this is the Xavier I grew up with. This is the one I'm the most excited for. Uh, aesthetically, he fits the team that that they've already put out. And yeah, this is my favorite Xavier. I'm right there with you, and I love it so much. And is there anything on this model that you think kind of stands out? Like, I I like the way that they've they've designed the chair to look exactly like the the cartoon and everything. I think the little, like, explosion, you know, the little, you know, fluff of air coming out underneath there I think is really great. And another fun little subtle thing I've noticed is he's got something on his lapel, which I think is probably an X symbol. I can't quite see it. And then he's got a tie clasp, which I think is a really interesting thing. Look, this is yeah. one of those models where it's like there's not a lot going on here. But when you start to look at the little details, I think it looks really cool. Yeah, lots of small details on this. Lots of ways you can paint his chair. You can use a non-metallic metal or a comic style or just airbrush a quick gradient. It's going to be he's going to be so fun to paint. And I, I think uh, more expressive than a lot of models, too, because Xavier in the comics just goes with whatever color he feels like that day. So you can just pick anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like he's uh, they have him in the the design here of white and blue, which I love that look. But then in the comics, he was green a lot of times. And that's what he is yeah. on the card art, too. And you're exactly right in terms of like what colors he wears, like. He's going to look good with anything. And the way I would go about it, like if I were to paint this model, which y'all all know that I don't paint very often. As a matter of fact, I'm getting my uh, T'Challa and Killmonger Usurper commissioned for me for Adepticon. Uh, yeah. Shout out to one absolute Matt. He's a he's a real one over there. And, Professional um, painters need people like you, Will. You're doing a service for the community. That's it. That's it. I provide the service. <laughs> yeah uh but i think it's cool like when you look at the hover chair and you can like think okay well what's gonna go good with yellow and like pull out your color wheel and like just go to town and like you said the non-metallic metal or comic style is gonna look so good on this yeah what hogwarts house are you gonna paint the tactical blanket oh yeah the tactical blanket i mean it's gonna be ravenclaw obviously oh there you go that yeah matches the green yeah good call yeah, the the blue and the green, it's going to look nice, I think. 
<laughs> yeah. What about you? Um, I think I, I really like the Gryffindor that they chose for this. Um, I think that that fits them really well, especially if I decide to go with a neutral colored suit. I definitely won't be doing white on mine. Uh, yeah. Because I don't enjoy painting that. But, uh, but I think that I can find something that'll go with red and yellow. Oh, for sure. And uh, by the way, I love the tactical blanket line. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really good. Like, yes, a tactical blanket because we've moved away from tactical rocks and tactical <laughs> explosions. It's tactical blankets for Professor X. <laughs> yep. That's, that's really what standing on tactically. Yeah, yeah, te technically. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. So we have... Now, Professor X's stat card, and that is uh, Professor X with an alter ego of Charles Xavier. And this is one where I legit could see another version of this character at some point because there are a lot of ideas about Professor X in terms of the comics, right? And I referenced Jonathan Hickman's recent run where he's walking and he's got the mobile Cerebro and all that stuff. I think that version specifically is one that could probably see the tabletop at some point. But remember, if we have another Professor X, but with some other text there, maybe it's like Professor X, Child of the Atom or some crap like that. But mm -hmm. you can only have one Charles Xavier in your squad on the tabletop at a time. So remember that. But we have a top stat line here of two physical defense two energy defense, and six mystic defense. Is this the highest mystic defense we've ever seen? Yes? Question mark? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, because I'm trying to think. I think we've seen fives, and I, I know Strange has his five, and so, yeah. this is And Emma has a five. Jean has a five. So, yeah. Uh, nope. This is the tied for the most. Because Ebony Maw has a six. Oh, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. I was like, I know there's another one. Um, Barncat's going to be mad at us. Yes. You know, Barncat, somewhere out there, Barncat gets its wings. Whenever you mention Maw, it's like he just, you know, he could feel it in his bones. <laughs> so, so he has a stamina value of six, a threat value of four, size two, and he moves medium. On his injured side, the only thing that changes on this whole card is his stamina value goes down to five. And it's also worth noting that he looks like he's on a 50 millimeter base. Yeah. So, so there you go. Confirmed 50 millimeter base. So, Justin, this top stat line here, I, I'm not going to lie. And look, there's superpowers and other stuff that we're going to talk about. But when I see two defenses... That are twos, it scares the bejesus out of me. That tactical blanket better hold up under some fire. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we'll talk about his superpowers later, but he's got some defensive tech that'll help even those out. Um, and I think we can talk about that when we get there. But, you know, once again, my argument with Venom still stands. Charles doesn't have the 7 HP to make up for it, but uh, two defense feels bad to roll, but mathematically isn't that much worse than three. Yeah, well, mathematically. And he's much better than one. I hate it. Um, so he's not going to be Mysterio level squishy when people do get through his defensive tech. Yeah, well, you know, 
if you're me and you're playing into Mysterio and you pay to get through the defensive tech, don't worry, you're still gonna live. It's fine. Yeah, and if and if uh, and if you're me and I'm running Mysterio and you attack him, don't even worry about reducing his defense because I'm gonna roll zero on the five anyway. <laughs> right, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. So there's a couple of things going on on this stat line other than the two defense that I think is interesting. Medium mm-hmm. move on a 50 millimeter base is awesome, and then also the stamina feels a little on the lower side. Then, like, maybe we've seen with a lot of four threats lately. And it's one of those things where I think 6-5 is a very viable stamina value. But what I think AMG has done here is really clever in that force a play style with a character by not pushing their health values to dip or, or other things to different places. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Because you don't really want this guy to just be a... Uh center grab where you just run out and take stuff right that doesn't really feel like xavier exactly exactly so it's one of those things where i think that we can kind of peel back the layers of design here when we see stuff like this and how it informs the character as much as the tabletop play and everything and then the last thing i want to talk about with this top stat line i'm spending a lot of time on these top stat line because i think it's interesting Xavier here is a four threat, which I know for me, I was thinking five minimum because it's Professor X. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I, I was definitely expecting a six threat to put him on par with Magneto. And I was thinking he was going to be like just the most controlly control model we've ever seen. You know, something like, think like pre nerf Thanos. Yeah. Six threat. Is what I was expecting. Yeah. And so I'm pleasantly surprised that he's a four. And as we go through the rest of his card, he's playable at that four threat in a very interesting and what I think is fun way. So I agree. Without further ado, shall we go over this character's card? Let's do it, my man. All right. Start with those attacks. All right. So. His first attack, this is going to be a builder, um, Psychic Dart. It's range four, five dice, um, gain power to damage dealt, and root on a wild. Um, So this is super interesting. Uh, Root is a great condition. It's not very common. Um, Range four helps protect him once again with his kind of low defenses. Um, And root also, in a way, can help protect him. It lets people portal less and disable him less. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. Yeah, and that's a mystic attack, right? Oh, yep. Good <laughs> good call there. All yeah. so he's got three attacks on his card. All three of them are gonna be mystic. Yeah. His second one, this is my favorite attack on the card. Mental suggestion. It's gonna be range three, six dice for one power. After this attack is resolved, if it deals damage, you may advance the target, its character speed. And once again, my favorite ability on on his card. Uh, um Yeah, wow. I mean We've seen this before, though. On uh, Cassandra Nova? That's correct. But uh, I think that Professor X is going to get a lot more use out of it. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think the one threat is a big deal. Um, and I think the tools that Xavier has to get up the board from his team enabling him are a little bit better than the teams that Cassandra Nova is affiliated in. 
Correct. Uh, for the tools that they have. And so I think you'll see this attack a lot more um, than you did for her. Yeah, I think that this attack specifically is the one that, like, cool, you have to deal the damage. So I like that there's that little bit of caveat in there. But, yeah. I mean, six dice, Mystic, you're probably dealing some damage. and Yeah, vast majority of the time. Exactly. And sending people away their speed, especially after they've activated, that is fully a stagger. You have staggered that character. Yes. Uh, another great use for this is if you're fighting something like webs, and let's say there's a ghost spider or um, something like that that's activated, you can pull those characters into your team. So if you activate within range three, medium move, medium base of this character, he's going to just put you right in the middle next to Ultron or uh, X-23, and those characters are going to kill you. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's the thing I think... When you're looking at this attack and thinking about what this character is going to do, which we'll talk about more overall stuff a little later, but mm -hmm. seeing an attack like this, you have to be on your toes for him to move and shoot with something like this to just totally upend whatever plan you had. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the next one? All right. So his final attack is going to be Astral Duel, and it's going to be range three. Four dice costs three power, and it's going to add dice to the attack equal to the target's defense. So you're always going to beat their defense by exactly four dice. Um, the target character cannot reroll or modify, so they're not going to get any cover. They're not going to get defensive rerolls. They're not going to get uh, leaderships that just change their defense to what they want. Um, I think. Yeah. The, does that mean they also? Um, See, modifying dice, so they can still add crits. They can still add crits, Is there anything yep. else I'm missing? Uh, yeah, it's a mystic defense, not just any defense. You're, it's adding dice oh. equal to the mystic defense. Yep, yep. Yeah. So yeah. this is one where I see this attack, and this is like, okay, cool. Well, I'm playing against Convocation. Professor X is going to be pretty good against Convocation. Like, that's what I see here. Yeah, I feel like this particular attack is going to be really great versus high mystic defense people because of uh, crits and because of the offensive dice favoring um, over defense. Correct, yeah. And um, then I think it's one yep. of those where also you're not going to use this often, I don't think. I don't think this is one that is going to be particularly useful, but it's like anything that there is some kind of dice modification, being able to say, okay, cool, well... Zemo, you don't get your rerolls now, and I'm going to be rolling eight dice because Zemo has four Mystic Defense. Feels really good. Yeah, I agree, and I and I think you're right. I think it's going to be his most conditional attack. I don't think you'll see it very often, but I think the times that you do want to use it, you're going to be really happy you have it. And here's a question for you, Justin. Do you feel like, like let's say you're going to go into someone like an X-23 or a Logan or someone with a lower mystic defense like that, Astral Duel, or do you think just using me mental suggestion at that point makes sense? Um, so, I mean, I think the mental suggestion has, uh, I guess it depends on what their modification is, right? If you really need to get around cover and you have to do one damage, uh, Astral Duel is going to be your most consistent tool. But I think 90% of the time, I'm going mental suggestion in that situation. Yeah. I could see that as, as the same, and it's, it's like you say, like when I look at X-23, she has a built-in re-roll, so you could say, well, 
I don't want you to get that reroll at all. Yeah, I'm only going to get two dice here instead mm -hmm. of the three or four that, you know, would make more sense. But I don't know. I think it's worth, you know, kind of looking at. Yeah, if you really need the KO, or especially if you have the power, you know, it's worth going for. Another thing to note is that um, we're, we're about to get into it, but he can do an offensive reroll on both of these two, right? Yes. So you can make both of those attacks a little more... Um, consistent yeah well it's all he can't do his own rerolls okay not is it another yeah so oh yep you're right super power spoiler alert and uh <laughs> <laughs> let's now talk about these superpowers and first up because obviously it makes sense that he's a leader we have xavier's school for gifted youngsters uncanny x-men leadership and this is the spice right here. This is the spice that I think will bring life to many, many things. Once per turn, when an allied character spends one or more power to use an active or reactive superpower, after the effect is resolved, another allied character may gain one power. Justin, there's a couple things noted here. First of all, once per turn, so you can't just do this constantly like Scott's leadership. But mm -hmm. unlike Scott's leadership, there's no range restriction. Yes, that is amazing. That is awesome. So basically, when you're paying for superpowers, now, these don't factor in superpowers that don't cost anything. So I don't think there's many superpowers that don't have a cost associated with them in this game. I can't remember which ones there are specifically, mm -hmm. but you have to at least spend one power, which I think is interesting. But being able to pass out power to your friends in a consistent way is something that I think is really awesome. Yeah, no, it's going to be so cool. And there's, and I know we're going to get to it at some point during this episode, but the, this opens up so many new team possibilities and strategies for X-Men. Um, and just for the game in general, it's it's going to be really exciting to see what people who are more creative than me come up with. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like you said, we're going to talk about some really fun uh, interactions you can do, and there are plenty that we're going to miss. But one of the things I want to ask you is, do you feel like that this is a, a leadership that's going to benefit people that have a lot of reactive things so that maybe on your opponent's turn, you're able to do stuff more often or do you feel like it's going to be kind of good for regardless of whether or not you have that yeah so i think that it benefits hugely from at least a couple of characters having reactive powers um one of his other powers that we'll get to is also reactive and builds power um and i think the combination of these two kind of gives you the the uh, miles leadership with an upside on your own turns uh, which is really exciting for, for the power level of a four-threat leader. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. So, superpowers now. We have a reactive superpower, Professor's Guidance. So, there's going to be a trigger, and uh, this will we'll, we'll tell you where that trigger is in here, but you can do this on certain different instances, which I think is really great for Professor X to have a reactive power like this. It's going to be power cost of X, so, while another allied character within range 4 of Professor X 
is attacking or defending during the modified dice step of the attack, this character may spend one to three power to use this superpower. For each power spent, the allied attacking or defending character may reroll one of its dice. This superpower can be used only once per turn. So it's Shuri rerolls. Yeah, Shuri rerolls, um, same range. Just that, and we all know how good of a superpower that is. Exactly. The, the slight caveat to this is he's on a slightly bigger base, so you'll have a little bit more range, which I really love. So, yeah, now this is, uh, I think this superpower combined with his leadership is kind of what makes that entire squad work. Oh, yeah. I mean, being able to say, okay, cool, reroll one, reroll one, passing out power, passing out power, passing out little power cookies. Yeah. So, and also, this isn't talked about a lot, but um, whenever you negate a damage with a reroll like this, a lot of times you're doing it against a builder. So your opponent is losing power, but you're also losing power, which makes it a net even, right? Yeah. Um, but with this, you're actually generating the power back for your own team. So it actually becomes a power positive exchange, uh, which really snowballs over a lot of turns. Yeah. And one of the things that you got to think about with this is it's not necessarily what's going to happen on that turn slash round. It's being able, like you said, to maintain that power positivity over the, the length of a game, which I think is really nice. And it's one of those things that I've been um, figuring out for myself lately, I <laughs> guess you could say. Yeah, it's just and it's just going to it's going to manifest in a way where like round four, two of their characters just are going to be one shy of a throw and you're going to win the game because they couldn't throw two people. Yeah. And and it's going to feel like it wasn't because of the superpower, but it was. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And um, it's funny how we're spending a lot of time on just this one superpower, but I think it really is the gasoline that's going to make Professor X go is this kind of superpower right here where you're able to do it on your active turn and your opponent's turn as long as you've positioned appropriately. And I think that that is something that's really strong for him as a whole. So the next superpower we have And both of the last superpowers here are innate, so they're always active. You're going to have them all the time. Telepathic Lock. When an enemy character targets this character with an attack, it may use its mystic defense regardless of the attack type unless the attacker pays two power. Again, seen this before. You mentioned Mysterio earlier. Enchantress is another example. Ebony Maw, another example. Do you feel like that this is kind of the default for characters that are mystic powerhouses but have that lower physical or energy defense? Do you feel like that this is going to be the default? Or do you feel like that, like, is this, this is okay? But I, I personally feel like they could have done something more interesting. But I agree. I, I think I would have liked something more like mysterious tricks where when people get close, you kind of can move them sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been really interesting. But I do really like this power. I think that this power is is deceptively strong. Um, you know, people, they forget about Enchantress, but I've played a lot of Enchantress. Asgard is one of my other affiliations that I play a lot. I actually played Enchantress last night, and uh, this, this Mystic defensibility is really strong. It uh, means he's going to be spendered less often. Um, once again, you know, even when people pay to hit him, it, you know, they're often just going to refund the damage. 
So it's another thing that's just going to subtly drain power and, and shift that economy in your favor. Yeah, and that's an interesting perspective in like thinking about not getting the spender attacks as much and stuff like that. In my experience with this kind of a superpower here, which I haven't played a ton of, but I've played it enough, it's as the game goes on, it becomes less and less impactful. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you've got to be able to press your advantages at the right time with a character like this because you're going to eventually end up in a scrum at some point, right? It's, it's going to be hard to keep Professor X completely out of the scrum. And there's so yeah. many characters currently that are fairly power efficient that I look at something like an X-23. We mentioned her earlier as an example. Pretty popular character, pretty power efficient, doesn't need to have too much power to make the engine start running, so to speak. So yeah. a character like her going up against Professor X feels like a really dangerous proposition for me if I'm playing Professor X. But it's one of those things where you've got to leverage your tools like mental suggestion and stuff like that at that point. But also, you know, again, X-23 going up against Professor X is probably dangerous for X-23 as well. So it's like finding that push-pull there I think is really interesting. Yeah, and I think that's just the sign of a well-balanced character, right? He doesn't have no weaknesses, um, but if they're not obvious. And, and I think that he's got strengths that aren't obvious too. And I think that this character more than most is going to really reward reps. Absolutely. And then his last innate superpower, Omega Level Telepath. This character cannot be pushed or advanced by the effects of mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. Love it. Yeah, so Gwen can pull Dormammu, but not legs here. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that just makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But her spider her spider webs are strong, but when they come up against the telepathic powerhouse that is Professor X, she's just like, nah, she just nopes out. Yep, yep, <laughs> makes sense. I'd be scared too. I would be too. Um, He's going to run her over with his scooter. <laughs> just run her over and give her a puff of air to the face as he drives over top of her. <laughs> so one thing that I think we skipped over when we were talking about mental suggestion that just kind of came to my mind when we were talking about advances and stuff, and that yeah. is, so the way mental suggestion reads is you can advance the target character its speed. It's yeah. worth noting that you can't climb with someone that you're doing that to unless they have wall crawler or flight. So that is something like, because the way it's worded as an advance, you can't move someone up a size four building. Like if, if let's say you have a, a character that can't climb like X 23, I guess she doesn't have wall crawler. Let's just use her as an example again. And you want to move her on top of a size three building or something. You can't do that. Yeah. That's a good call out. So we also, um, uh, you know, I'm the math guy. I probably should mention percentages. Uh, six dice is like 80% against most defenses to, to get that trigger. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. And on the flip side, when we talk about six mystic defense, I mean, if you've ever played against Magneto, when he pays to use his mystic defense, it's it, at least when I play against Magneto, let me re, re, re-say that here, it's really good. Like, it's like, oh, cool, I blocked four, I blocked three, I blocked four. I'm like, well, this is going nowhere. <laughs> um, 
Oh, another top stat line thing that we probably should cover is that Professor X does have a real weakness against throws. So if uh, if your opponent, so you're gonna want to save your brace for this guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's man, that's really strong in that when we're going through and we see these characters that have these two mystic defense, especially the the higher threat ones. You know, you look at something like Cassandra Nova, or you look at Ebony Maw as examples of characters. Now, granted, they're both higher threat, so it makes sense, but they have the ability to just say nope to throws. Yeah. And the fact that Professor X here does not is huge. And that brings me to kind of where we start talking about his overall thing. And you mentioned earlier that this is a character that's going to reward what? Going to. I'm getting tongue-tied. <laughs> Words are hard. Words are hard. <laughs> it is going to reward reps. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't, uh, something about reps and being rewarded for them. Yeah. And when I say that, I think about, like, matchups and stuff, right? There are a myriad of throws out there. Having your brace for impact is huge. Maybe even bringing Indomitable also will be useful here because – not having your character be thrown into other people and stuff like that, I think is a really big deal or having someone thrown into him. But it's one of those things where if you're playing against brotherhood or something like that, maybe you don't bring professor X in that matchup. Yeah. Or you play him really cagey. You can screen throws in this game. That's something a lot of people don't do. Oh but, yeah. Um, if you, but, but you can position characters in a way to where, uh, to where you can protect other people from throws. So um, how so do you, you mean something... screen throws? I want to I focus, because that's not a concept that we talk about, especially on this podcast, very often, but I know exactly what you mean. But for someone out there that might not know what you mean, how, how do you mean screen throws? Sure. Um, so you can block throws with other bodies. So in, in um, games like Warhammer, the, or yeah, that rely on a line of sight, you can, you can put little guys that you'd like chaff models in a line touching each other to block the line of sight from larger models that you care about. And so they call that screening in that. Um, and in this game, you can do something similar. So you could take um, the Ultron grunts and you can place them in just a way between Xavier and a piece of terrain that your opponent can't medium move within range and have line of sight against Xavier. So they would have to throw it into your grunts if they want to throw it. Yeah. And it's also worth noting if you're standing on top of a terrain feature, if they try to throw something at a character yeah. that is standing on top of a terrain feature, they hit the building first or whatever. Terrain yeah, that's feature. another great example. Yeah. So if you're, so if your opponent only has size three throws and there's a size four building, if you stand on top of it, they would have to throw Xavier off the building to throw anything at it. Yeah. Unless they also have a size four throw in their list, yeah, which yeah. I mean, they do, but yeah. you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when we look at this character in the overall, I gotta say, I kind of really like him. I, I find what he's doing to be very interesting. I think that this is a collection of things that we've seen before in different ways, right? Like, I know when we mentioned, like, Gwenpool, and I've I've seen people use Gwenpool recently, they're like, oh, yeah, this is just a character with a collection of great superpowers and great attacks, whatever. But mm-hmm. I think that's okay, and for Gwenpool specifically, but I also think Professor X here, like... We haven't necessarily seen Psychic Dart in in that way, right? Range 4, 5 Dice Mystic with a Wild Root. We haven't seen that specifically, but we've seen Emma with a Range 4, 5 Dice Wild Trigger 
attack. We've seen mental suggestion. We've seen stuff that add dice to a spender, such as Beta Ray Bill's God Hunter, or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Is it God Hunter? Yeah. Like that. Whatever it's called. Um, yep. And so, like, seeing all of this stuff, right? Like, the leadership's definitely different, but the, the re-rolls, telepathic lock, the omega-level telepath, these things, we've seen all of this stuff before. But I like the way it's implemented here to inform the character. Yeah, I, I think I think that you're exactly right. We've seen all these things before. I think every individual thing on his card has proven to be strong, um, but not too strong, right? And so I think that that's a great place for a character to be. I mean, obviously, as somebody who generally looks at characters from a competitive mindset, I, I'm usually looking for things that are really broken. The only thing on this card that I think is broken is mental suggestion. Uh, but I think because that's the only thing that's super strong on the card, he's going to be like a well-balanced model. But I also think that his leadership is really, really powerful. Uh, maybe the best Dexman leadership, which is crazy when you have Storm leadership in your affiliation. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the leadership is insane, and we're going to focus on that here in a second. But I do want to like talk more about mental suggestion and the way that that feels so strong is just there is only one other instance of this attack in the game and it's on a character that is rarely played and when you see something like professor x he's four threat that makes him more accessible to really not just x-men but any affiliation and that level of control that you get with that you're always going to have one power to start the round, I mean, sure, you could get poisoned and, and not, but like, let's assume sure. you're not poisoned. You're going to have right. one power every round. And at the, if you're just using Xavier to mental suggestion people, that's paying dividends. But also, you got to think, it's a six dice attack. It's just as well going to daze people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I think he's, he's going to be a piece that, certain aggressive affiliations that are that are all in on an attrition game plan could use and it's kind of like he'll do the same sort of things that thanos was doing for them right we yeah. just kidnap key models really really deep into your own deployment and and ko them over two turns yeah and i think that he's going to be a really powerful piece in some sort of tall list i think if x-men ever get a six or an eight threat you know once they get phoenix right like <laughs> there might be some really degenerate stuff someday uh, from those two models combined. Oh, that could be insane. But uh, but yeah, it's it's something that it's going to take time and and repetitions, like we talked about, to figure out when to use this, when to not. Because putting this character at range three of enemy characters, even if, like, you know, I don't know if people have played a lot of competitive lately, but there tends to be clumps in the competitive game a lot. unless you're playing some really super spread out thing, but even then you're still clumping to some capacity or another. So putting Xavier in a position where he's not going to get clapped back too hard is going to be key because that range three of mental suggestion is definitely the danger zone for me when I look at this character. No, that makes a lot of sense, especially with the amount of energy attacks that are range four right now, um, not just from the big people, but from, from a lot of affiliations. Um, you know, you've got like X Force Guardians and 
you know, even even Midnight Suns have a couple. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's just one of those things where you've got to be careful. Just just be careful. It's it's going to take that time to to really dial in when to push that versus not. But it's an enticing proposition. Yeah, and I, I'm so excited about that attack. I think I think defensively, you know, if you if you start, I mean, this is fantasy land, right? Starting within two characters and having priority. Oh my but god! But if that happens, you know, you get to probably move both of them their speed away. Um, if you, you know, or move one of them their speed away twice. Yeah. You know, if you do it at a little bit of an angle, I'm, you know, I'm sure that you can make that happen in a lot of cases. Well, let's also um, think about it is this is advance the target its speed. You don't have to go the full distance. You can move them um, to that maximum range three and then move them again farther away. And I mean, if you're doing two six dice attacks, non-zero yeah. chance that they die if they're right, kind of right. a normal model. You know, but even if they don't die, like if you're moved range six away from me, I'll take it, man. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, I'm, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so another fun thing here, which again, I think we're kind of jumping around a little bit, um, but I think it's okay in that, like when I think about scenario play with Xavier here, I think that there's a lot of things that this opens up, this leadership and everything. But I also think about like, you know, X-Men traditionally hasn't loved things like Gamma, but I look yeah. at Xavier and I see Mental Suggestion and I'm like, bro, please play Gamma. Like, I want yeah. Gamma. Yeah, I think um, there's definitely a core there that could fight on Gamma with like Professor X and Sam is only seven threat and you can get Sam's charge online super early and when you can attack twice with that character, uh, as, I, as you've recently experienced, I'm told. Uh, yes, um, you do insane things. Yes, it's it's pretty awesome. And then, you know, I'm looking at Professor X here as it relates to what I'm currently playing with Wakanda, and I'm like, man, it, it, does Professor X play well in Wakanda? Maybe. And it's like, I, I keep telling myself, yes. <laughs> I I bet you he does. Uh, you yeah. know, and I think I think there's killy versions of um, Convocation that I would really want to try Professor X in. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't play enough games to test all the affiliations I would want to. Um, having a job and a family, you know, what, what are you going to do? Preach. But, uh, but um, I definitely am excited to see some combo players try it. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be good. He's, uh, if I wasn't hard committed to Wakanda for Adepticon, Professor X would be uh, probably in my convocation roster for, for Adepticon if I was playing them, so... That's definitely a thing. But let's now take, take a step back and talk about yeah. what things Professor X unlocks for X-Men because I don't think it is as obvious when you just are looking at the card, reading the card, for some of the things that Professor X turns online early for characters, right? With, yeah. like, you know, you have things like, the the idea of the spider people being able to web swing or web line if you're playing them under that leadership super early, right? Stuff like that. Like what other things do you think are online early with this character? Yeah, so the first thing I want to mention is first class. So first class is going to give all of your affiliated characters 
the ability to interact with either an extract or a flip secure without paying the power. Um, and because of that, someone like Cable can walk, body slide, grab the center extract with the, with the first class ability, even though he spent all of his power, pass a power to some other X-Men that has a similar ability that can now spend two on their power, and that can snowball across your entire team and give you a ton of extra attacks, mobility, defensive abilities, um, and still let you interact with the same amount of extracts that everyone else is, while also gaining just a lot of positional tempo. Yeah. Anytime you tell me Cable gets to do some fun stuff, I'm I'm here for it <laughs> because I love that yeah, character. Yeah, I think that um Cable more than any other model to me seems like the most enabling character. Um, another one to shout out that doesn't get a lot of love right now is Magic. I think that on um something like Scrolls specifically, she can walk and then hop one, pass the power, grab the scroll, and then walk back. Oh yeah. Um, which is really powerful. That stops you from like needing to bring a five threat if you didn't want to. You know, get someone wider. Yeah. Um, another cool one is Iceman. You can airlift and then still grab something with um, first class. So you could go grab like a side scroll, but while moving up, you know, beast up the center to range two. And then on Beast's turn, you've passed him power, so he has his two. He could like walk to either of your opponent's back B or F shapes, mm-hmm. throw a character, and steal that. And if you're going really wide, you're almost guaranteed last activation, unless you're playing against webs. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, like the wideness factor, even though you have a four threat leader, mm-hmm. X-Men has such a bevy of three threat models. I mean, X-23, Domino, Magic, Iceman, Beast so many storm even you know if you're trying to storm is another one that like under xavier seems interesting to me because now you're able to just add dice immediately yeah which yeah no she can do yeah sounds so good it's so good there are so many good things um wolverine's two cost charge right um that's online turn one you know the chances five attacks with a wild pierce that count double uh, the chances that that doesn't do one damage to refund him or something, you know, is pretty low. Um, and he could still interact anyway because of first class, even after that. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of full affiliated rosters that are going to be, like, maybe not the absolute best thing you can do under X-Men, but viable for maybe the first time. And yeah. I think that's going to excite a lot of players. Yeah, and I think that that's really the key factor here with Xavier is that you're able to say, I want to play Uncanny X-Men and only play Uncanny X-Men pretty reliably. Like, it's one of those things where when you're talking about competitive play versus just the fun aspect of the game as a whole, like, yeah, sure, putting Hulk in your list is always going to be a good thing in a general sense, right? But, right? but you're not having to rely on that necessarily because of the amount of characters that you have, characters that can kind of fill that role a little bit. Not They're obviously not going to be as efficient as like a Hulk, but like, cool. Those two, three threats that you choose, whichever two it is, now can function and do four actions as opposed to Hulk's two actions and spend all that power, pass out all that power in fun different ways, you know, stuff like that. But 
I think it's really fun and interesting, personally. Yeah, it's super cool. And I think I think it just turns on some plays that that from a competitive sense are really powerful. You know, that beast play, that's a really powerful play um in a competitive environment. Um you can do the same sort of stuff that Wakanda does. Um I know that you and I were talking a little bit before the call. Do you wanna talk about some like really powerful control plays that this leadership can enable? Sure. So for me, the one that really stands out is like the senator's play, because I know that that is like a big bad of brotherhood, right? If ever you're playing brotherhood and they have senators being able to say, okay, well now juggernaut and Hulk are going to be able to grab yours, like the opponent's senators and you just have to take it. And if you, if you go to the midline and grab your own senator, one of those two is coming, and it's not going to feel good because you're probably going to get beat up pretty bad or thrown, yeah. uh, if you're playing Hulk, thrown into your opponent's line to just get beat up, which is awful. So this opens up that level of play, but for the X-Men, because you mentioned earlier with First Class, which is such a busted card. It's so busted. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. So it's a very it's insane. Yeah, first class, and then you've got a character like Cable, who you've already laid it out the the double move or the single move, the body slide, passing the power, grabbing the thing for free, and then getting the heck out of there or something like that. Like that's a very viable strategy for Cable right now. A character yep. like Juggernaut, even though he's unaffiliated, you still you can add Juggernaut. You have Cable, so you don't have to rely on that that higher cost model in Hulk, which I think is really strong. And Senators is the way that it's designed. Characters like Cable and Juggernaut and any other one that can move themselves with some kind of superpower or something becomes really strong because Senators only allow you to move once. So I, I see stuff like this and like when you lay in the Professor X Factor and his mental suggestion ability if someone has a senator and you mental suggestion them into no man's land and then they can only move once that's brutal brutal yeah yeah and or in that case it's in some spots it's more than a stagger right if they have a range two attack and you move them their movement speed while they're holding a senator that means that when they walk back to where they were unless they have a charge they're stuck there and they've been activated for one power exactly which is huge so like that's one that really stands out to me as like a a way to wrap your head around all the things that you can do here. I mean, that's the thing about this leadership and X-Men as a whole. There's a lot. There's a lot. And let's not even thinking about outside of affiliated things. There's a lot that can be done here with this character that when you start to to really dive in and look at it, right? Like that Senator's play is one that stands out to me, but there's so much more that we as a community are going to see. And when you're playing against somebody and they're playing this leadership and you just never know, you just don't know what you're going to get. You know, I, I'm, I think about like, you mentioned how I've been playing Wakanda. Look, you put Shuri in this list with X-Men mm-hmm. and profit. I mean, just, just straight up profit. 
Yeah, right. Her and Xavier can just take turns giving out the defensive rerolls and powering each other up so that it's just power neutral. Um, and then you have the spider leadership on line every single turn. And then, yeah, yeah, you could do crazy stuff like that. Um, and then just to break down that Senator's play, just to make it super clear for anybody who wants to to really upset their friends in a, in a casual game. Um, the play is Cable deploys between two Senators. You double walk, steal your opponents, and then you power slide back. Then that power slide, you pass to Juggernaut. Your opponent does whatever. You are, have Juggernaut positioned in a way to where he's contesting your opponent's middle and other senator. And then you steal their other back senator uh, with a double move into a slide away. And then if they want it to counter grab, they have to grab one of yours. But then they're far up and they're close to those characters for the next turn. And I don't know if you guys know this, but if you start within three of Cable and two of Juggernaut, you're not going to have a good time. Um, yep, those are facts. I can concur. <laughs> and it's it's like that, man. Like like that play right there is so good. It's so good. And it's one of those things where it's it's that play like specifically that I'm like, if I see X-Men on the other side of the table, it's why? Why do I even bother if if I'm playing X-Men and Senators is there, you're in trouble. And and yeah. you you have to have a lot of things go your way to to kind of re up I guess would re up it might not be the right word but to to really kind of claw your way back into it right you've got to have your dice go your way you've got to have yeah. your your positioning and all of that stuff go your way to recover from an opening like that and that is I will say in my humble opinion it is senators is the only opening of a game that is nearly unrecoverable, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard yeah. for sure. Yeah, I've had a I've had a lot of games on there versus um Brotherhood where and, and they have deception, so they get to do a few things that are a little more gross when you try to counter steal. Yeah. Um but but Xavier does that too, uh without a tactics card and in a and in a and it restricted slot, right? Exactly. So, so I don't know. I, I it looks really powerful on paper to me. I'm excited to try it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like uh, Justin said here, if you want to really lose friends on a casual game night, just try that. <laughs> <laughs> the tactical blanket shall make you pay. <laughs> oh gosh, this you're you're. Uh, it sounds like we're both having slither and blankets. I I think I I think so. And look, it's one of those things where. The, the thing, I don't want to say that this play sounds interesting because it's something I want to do all the time, but be aware yeah. of it. Be aware that it's it's those kind of things that are enabled that you wouldn't necessarily see, like, just off the rip. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then real quick, just some other strong ideas if you want to go into the competitive control lists. Um, Bill's defensive reduction will pass power to your own team as a reactive. So Bill is just as strong as he is everywhere. He keeps that trend up in this list. Um, and it's really easy to get him to three power so he can throw on his on on round one. Oh, yeah. Um, and cap almost any side point versus almost any character. Um, Black Cat, if you give her one power on round one at any point, round two, she'll have three power. She can steal while passing a power away. Why? <laughs> and then she gets to run away long, um, yeah. which is super powerful. And as you mentioned a little bit ago, any Spider-Man, 
um, web swing for two on Amazing Spider-Man um, means uh, you can steal your opponent's D if they don't grab it early enough. I hate it when people steal Ds. <laughs> I hate it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you can do some crazy stuff. I mean, most people won't delay that long, but if they didn't know, right? Um, right. You know, if you pass ASM two power over the first two turns, um, then then he can do that. Yeah, and and look at it like this, right? Like any you know, web swinging ASM. Oh God, it's so good. Um, but <laughs> like witty banter, right? This is no range restriction. So like your witty banter, yeah. your disruption field from Crimson Dynamo, stuff like that is is gonna it's gonna pay dividends. In wow, the I didn't even think about Dynamo. You can get his hop immediately on an E. Yeah, they, the X this version of X Men might just be a good E team too because of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just all about picking your splashes correctly. Yeah. And that's nuts. I didn't even think of that. That's genius. Yeah, it's it's insane to me just the the things that get turned online. And it's funny because like, you know, when you look at stuff like this, you go back to characters that you played maybe a long time ago and stuff like that, right? So I look at something like Ant Man. I'm not necessarily gonna play Ant Man here. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying as an example of ways to look at characters in a different light because a new leadership comes out, change yeah. size, cost you one power, boom, now you're passing that power to somebody else. Pim particle control, cost you one power if you want to you know, transform into your little size, passing that to someone yeah. else. However, yeah. hitch a ride is a free superpower, so you're not paying a power for it, so you don't get that leadership benefit. Yeah. So like seeing things like that I think is really cool. Yeah, Wasp, I love Wasp. Everyone knows that. Um, she's going to have size three throws online all the time under that kind of a leadership, and she can transform small to generate power for your team even early, which is yeah. cool. Uh, she can't interact. That's the one thing, so you're going to have to do it later than I probably would want to, but but I'm excited to try her on the list too. It's oh, it's, it's such a fun leadership. Such a fun leadership, and and there's so many things that it turns on. I mean, we can't go through all of them. We need to continue to move on and progress with the episode but like just so many things but we're going to do something a little different today on this episode of house party protocol and that is talk about some potential like roster like stuff maybe with this character and what this opens up and um one of the things that i think are is interesting to do when we're talking about one specific character especially a leader and how they they open up things for a particular affiliation is talk about is some example squads and stuff like that. So Justin, what did you have in mind as like something that seems interesting and fun to maybe try with Xavier? Yeah. So I think that cable is the easiest enabler for the turn one of this leadership because of the safe grab we talked about earlier. So I started a roster Xavier cable and then I threw in um, some threes to just get it to uh, 18 on a Madman and and just kind of outlay like just a standard round one that this team can do, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about a lot of this already. So the team here that you would field is going to be Xavier, Cable, Iceman, Gambit, Iceman. <laughs> and Beast. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Thank you, Leland Iceman. <laughs> it's Phil, Phil Iceman. <laughs> all right. So the first thing you're going to do, you're going to play first class. This is going to let all five of your characters uh, interact with something for free. So they can flip a madman for free. They can pick up, a, let's say, a scroll for free. 
Cable is going to body slide turn one while giving a power to Iceman. And he's going to pick up your safe extract and walk towards uh, probably one of your back madmen mm -hmm. uh, to, to guard it. Then your opponent's going to grab one of their extracts and do something. Then Iceman is going to start with two power. And he's going to move up. He's going he's gonna to body... Uh, sorry. He's going to airdrop beast... I, what's the superpower called? Ice Slide. Ice Slide? Okay. So Iceman's going to use Ice Slide. He's going to move Beast range 2 from the center up towards the middle while grabbing um, one of the side extracts. Then your opponent's going to maybe attack someone. Xavier's going to give you a defensive reroll while passing a power to Gambit. Mm. Then Beast is going to go. He's going to double walk. He's going to throw someone off of their back point where they maybe don't want to invest a second character. He's going to use his first class to flip their madman and steal that point. And when he throws them, he's going to pass another power to Gambit. Mm. And then Xavier is going to go and walk and maybe build her someone. And then let's say they attack somebody again and you get another defensive role. You throw another power to Gambit. He's got four. He can spend her now. Right. Uh. Um, and it's just fun. You know, yeah. it's a fun roster. Or he can walk and push somebody or just build up power for a round two beam, right? Yeah. And it's just everybody does everything. And then defensively, Beast has his own rerolls. So let's say while he's flipping that Batman, if he rolled a skull, he could have got a thing. If they try to attack him, you know, he can reroll his own thing and generate power for Xavier. Uh, it's just, it just, they generate so much extra power over the course of the game, incidentally. And then later on in rounds, like once Cable is spiked, you know, you can start feeding him power to do a ton of size four throws and throw out more defensive dice than you ever thought you could. And it's yeah. just crazy, this amount of synergy in the squad. It's a very synergistic squad. And I think that's what you're going to see more than anything with the Xavier-led X-Men is full affiliation. I don't, you know, again, we've talked about it before. Playing a Hulk, like if if Gambit and Beast become Hulk, that's solid in this in, in a general sense, yes, but the utility you get from being able to double walk, like you said, with Beast, throw someone off a point, and take it. And then, you know, Gambit could become any other three that <laughs> X-Men has. Like, it could be Domino, and then Domino's able to fuel her crit skull nonsense, right? It could become yeah. magic with the one-cost hop, like you, you know, or it doesn't even have to be one hop. You can save up some power and hop three pretty cheaply yeah. for her. You know what I mean? Like, Stuff like that, I think, is really going to be huge. And when we think about like the the kind of characters that we can also put in this, like that's a very objective, which X-Men's already good on objective, but you you've laid out an objective thing here. And you can even probably play some pretty good attrition with this as well. Oh, I bet you can. You know, well, and, what, what are you thinking? Well, shout out to Oak and Ghost on the X-Men Discord for you know, given, given me the spice of life, uh, as it were. And that is uh -huh. black swan and you don't need the power stone. Oh, oh man. Can you imagine, Can you imagine a world where she gets to everything uh, dies without being five cost. You know how much that makes me like happy in my soul. Like, so look, black swan, y'all don't understand. I think I've talked about it enough on this podcast that maybe you do. I cannot tell you why. I like that character so much, but I do. I really do. And when you look at what her kit does 
under an Xavier leadership, all you have to do is get her to one extra power before she activates and your charge is online. And then you can charge and strike, you know, and if you get her to a third power before she activates, now you're charging into an I-beam, which is going to incinerate people. Mm, mm, it feels so good. And if you and when you charge, you're giving it back too. You're getting the power back out. So it's like the cost one. Yeah. And she can modify your opponent's dice on the defensive roll with telepathic yep. suggestions. So like you're doubling up potentially with the charge yeah, so telepathic. That's another power positive play we're talking about, right? You're negating damage while gaining power. Yeah. Uh, it's super powerful. Yeah. Well, it is only once per turn. I got to remember that leadership's only once per turn, but still it feels yeah. really good. Yes. So, no, oh, so good. That that's one that really stands out to me as like a a character that isn't affiliated that you might not think about, but just feels so good. Yeah, I'm excited for Deadpool. I just like the character. Um, I'm excited for the movie that's going to come out soon. And oh yeah, I think it'll be fun to just give him one power and just leg day in the middle and just start blasting immediately. Oh yeah, and, it's going to be great and. Um, Here's, here's a fun one, Nightcrawler. I know that you guys spent a while talking about him already. Oh, yeah. But uh, if you can save up power to place three, that means you can place three, attack three, attack within three of that character after placing one, right, with his base. So there's a decent chance if they left someone in the very middle that you just, like, teleport straight up, do, do your best impersonation of Cosmic Ghost Rider, and you start attacking their back D point. Mm. Uh, turn one, right? Gross. It's just gross. Yep. I mean, it's awesome, but it's gross. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, it's, and, and that's the thing is we, we talked about a very objective-focused build earlier, but you can put in as much attrition or objective play as you want with X-Men right now. And, like, so you had five characters you listed, Xavier, Cable, Iceman, Gambit, and Beast. You can throw yep. in... Black Swan, Logan, Psylocke, Zemo, Nightcrawler as your other five and be like, cool, well, now I'm going to kill you. Yeah, it's it's that's insane, right? Like to be able to have that kind of flexibility in one roster, you know, you're basically Xavier is almost Hellfire, right? The tactics cards are really good. The leadership is really good. Um, and Xavier is probably the weakest part of your list. Uh, same as with Emma. Uh, but we've seen that that's something you can get around, right? Yes. And speaking of tactics cards, let's oh. finish out our episode here with talking about some of the tactics cards that come with this character. So first up, we have Cerebro. It is an uncanny X-Men affiliated card, and it is an active card. During its activation an uncanny X-Men character with at least one mystic attack and at least five mystic defense may play this card. For the rest of this round, the character that played this card increases the range of its attacks by one to a maximum of five, adds one die to its mystic attack rolls, and one die to its mystic defense rolls. Additionally, this character's attacks do not require line of sight and ignores the stealth superpower for the rest of this round. So, notice, there is no cost to play this card. 
just just play it. And then Xavier, Emma, or Jean get to have range five attacks, basically. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Xavier as well. Yeah, yeah, Xavier, Emma, and Jean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and then their their builders go from five to six dice. Ooh, spicy. Spicy. It's this is one of those where it's probably like my tenth card, but like if I'm playing something that I really want a bunch of mystic stuff for, having this as like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna put this down as my my fifth card on the squad today seems pretty solid. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think I think this would be one of my techs of maybe against webs so on round two you could activate xavier use cerebro um and then range four for his spender um instead of three and it now ignores stealth so you can get around so miles might have thought he was safe at range four yeah um and then you get to pull him in twice while probably killing him because he's the worst against mystic and you're getting an extra die so you're doing seven dice right yeah um and that's really powerful yeah that's where I think you nailed it, is like, this is a tech card, so putting it in your 10, but using it into those webs-type matchups is going to be huge. Yep. Yeah. So what's the next one? Yeah, so the next one is, uh, this is Xavier's Dream. It is another uncanny X-Men card. It's reactive. When an allied character would suffer damage, any number of other allied characters may spend one power to play this card. For each power spent, Reduce the amount of damage the allied character would suffer by one. Okay, so I got a question for you real quick, Justin. Yeah. Because this is an uncanny X-Men affiliated card, does that mean that only uncanny X-Men characters can spend the power? You know, I think that would have been a good decision, but that is not what this card says. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. That's that's troubling. Yes, I I think... uh, I think this card is maybe the strongest tactics card I've seen ever. <laughs> so or it's up there. <laughs> so why is that? So being able to see how much damage your character is about to take and then guarantee that they live on the exact amount you want them to live is really deceptively strong. Uh, imagine a situation where Ghost Rider is about to leave somebody on, is about to kill somebody by exactly one. You can pay one power to live and have the maximum power on that character to get two spenders or something on their turn, mm-hmm. right? Really strong. Or if you have a healing factor character like Logan, you can reduce the damage to exactly two so that exceptional healing is still online. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exceptional healing, too. Look, let's just go ahead and make exceptional healing Weapon X affiliated only. Let's just, AMG, just just do that. Let's they just print two of it. Yeah, let's just get rid of it. It needs to be able to run three now. Now they can only run two exceptional healings. That's not enough anymore. Right, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, no, this this card's insane. And when you think about it, like, you know, you're likely to have four or five characters on the table at a time. Like you mentioned earlier in the little our roster bill, we had five at 18. So those easily could become X20, like Cable could easily become X23 and Honey Badger. So then you have six characters on the table, so you could potentially prevent six damage. Or I guess it would be other characters, other allies, so you could prevent five damage. But like you said, it's not so much about preventing the whole amount of damage, it's about keeping your character exactly where you want them. Yeah. 
that's huge for me. Yeah, no, and it, and it's insane. It's really, really strong, and it's really good with healing factor characters because if they survive on one and they get to activate, now they're healing another two. If you're on extremists, they're healing three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's you can get situations where you know Logan can go from one health to four with a with the double move starting on an extremist, and then. And then at the top of their next turn, you know, they can live through two attacks and heal for three more or four more. It's really good. Yeah. And the last card we're going to talk about here is Mind Wipe. It is an uncanny X-Men affiliated card. It is reactive. When another allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy attack or superpower, Professor X may spend three power to play this card. Professor X immediately makes the attack shown above, targeting the enemy character that made the attack, which I think is a bit of a, they're going to have to errata that wording because it says that dazed or KO'd by an enemy attack or superpower. So if something is thrown at somebody that would, that dazes them, it would still count. But then it says he immediately performs the attack shown above targeting the enemy character that made the attack. But what if it was oh. a superpower that did the dazing? Got it. Yeah. So I think that might be an opportunity for an errata on that, but that's fine. Anyways, the attack. It is a mystic attack enough. <laughs> I got to put the sauce on it. So yeah. it is range. Nothing. It is dash. The range does not exist. It is three dice and zero power, but he had to spend three to play the card in the first place. This attack ignores range and line of sight. That explains why it's got no range. The target of this attack cannot be changed so no sacrifice no bodyguard no too dangerous to ignore stuff like that add dice to this attack equal to the damage dealt to the dazed or allied character if this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved the target character gains an activated token if the target character was active its activation ends immediately it's cool effect it's a very cool effect. It's also one that's like, it's, you know, that's, that's <laughs> right. Like, like I want to love what's happening here. I what's want, making you not love it? Well, too many conditions and it's like too, too many things have to go right in order to make this happen. You know what I mean? Like as an example, so character, you have to lose a character. So days are KO'd, right? Yeah. Usually, and this is not something you're going to do on turn one, not, maybe not even turn two, but usually sure. if a character is being dazed or KO'd, there's a lot of resources being put into that already. And it might even be that like, okay, cool. I've done two attacks and now I'm going to, my this character's alive on one. So I'm going to throw something at him. Well, because you get dice equal to the amount of damage dealt to the dazed or KO'd character, is it during that whole activation? Is that that's a question I have? Is it or is it from the exact attack or superpower that kills them? So like, if it's only one damage, you're never going to use this because rolling four dice trying to get a damage through to give someone an activated token is the worst. Yeah, right. Definitely. So, and then like the 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 places that this is going to be useful, and this is literally the only places that I can think of is yep. when someone has like a clapback, so like Venom, for an example, if he activates yeah. out of turn and dazes a character, 
that was in the middle of their activation and he hasn't activated yet and you can give him an activated token, that's going to be cool. But other than that, the conditions and the way the dice are on this, it, it just doesn't feel like it's going to come up very often. And when you think about it, Justin, if you have five cactus card slots, you're probably going to be bringing two restricteds. You're probably going to be bringing first class. You're probably going to be bringing Xavier's dream. That's four. <laughs> That's four out of your five. And we've already talked about like Cerebro. If you're playing into webs, you might bring that. Then there's things like recalibration matrix or fallback or name any other useful generic card. What room do you have for a card like Mindwipe that is so situational and so conditional? Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Um, so the one place that I found that, and, and I don't think that I am gambling-minded enough to do this, but one place where I thought maybe it would be good is specifically against super tall lists at 15. So... Or, or maybe 16 against Thanos, right? So mm -hmm. you have like Thanos Black Order at three wide, and you have Guardians at three wide, where they're running probably Hulk, CGR, and Star-Lord. And against those models, if you're going to go five wide, if they one-shot a five-health character, this gives you an 80% chance for them not to be able to attack again. Um, which, you know, is that worth it? I don't know. And then if they're picking off a two-health character... It's still about a coin flip, about 50% versus four defense counting skulls Yeah, to stop CGR from attacking a second time. Um, so the times where I would want to do that is he has five power. He's about to attack to get his sixth so he can spender someone. So he finishes off like a two health guy. I think I would roll the dice if I was going to bring this. I don't know that we have room in the 10 uh, for mind wipe, yeah. uh, let alone the five. Yeah. Uh, but... But those are situations where I think it's worth considering and testing. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing is taking the opportunity to try these things and seeing how it plays out, I think, is going to be key. But but like you said, like I, just reading it and not having put it on the table, that's where I'm at with it. So, so yeah. yeah. With all of that, Justin, I think I think we've we've done done Professor X justice today. I think so. I don't I don't think there's anything that we missed, but uh just to lay it all out on the line, Xavier good. Yeah, I think he's probably the best X-Men leader. Uh I think the kind of scenario things he enables are putting him on the level of web warriors and maybe even like Hellfire and Wakanda. Um it might be the best attrition leadership now too, uh or at least compete with Storm and Ultron stuff. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to have a lot of really cool builds that people are going to come up with. Um, I think his leadership is going to take a really long time to get good. And him as a piece also will take a lot of reps to get good with. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things where we're in a world of MCP where the CGR meta and the, the Hulk meta, if you will, like those things exist. And sure, you show up to an event, have a plan to deal with those models. There is a lot that is viable, and it is impossible to plan for every scenario. And I don't mean just like crisis scenarios. I mean like just in general. And so yeah. 
I think that this X-Men list, the the idea of Xavier sprinkled in, look, and you can have three leaders in your list and on the tabletop at the same time, and you don't have to say which one is your leader until yeah. after deployment. Yep. So, like, there is some really interesting flexibility that you can do with Xavier and having that flexibility and knowing when to flex into what it's going to be amazing. And, and you're going to be able to say, I might not have all the answers, but I'm sure bringing a lot of questions. Yeah. And I think, I think that you nailed it. He's just really flexible and he's going to be really fun. And and I know you mentioned the Cosmic Ghost Rider thing. If if you're a new player and you're listening to this, uh, I'm in the TTS League on East. There are 60 players. There have been zero Guardians games in three rounds. The community, I think, is kind of tired of that play style and that character. Uh, people are people are letting each other have fun. Uh, we have a very good community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the community, Justin, where can people find you out there if they want to chat? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm in the House Party Protocol Discord, which is the best place on the internet. Uh, and then you can also find me in the X-Men and Web Warriors Discords, especially uh, on the on the general Discord. Yeah, nice. And I appreciate that. Yes, the, the House Party Protocol Discord, I love it. It's pretty wonderful. I think it is the best place on the internet. I mean, it's just such a good discussion, positive. You, you know, th- even though there might be some complaints, it's still like, Hey, like this is a love for the game, a love for gaming in general. It's it's wonderful. I I love it so much. And if you want to be a part of that community, check out patreon.com slash house party protocol for as little as a dollar a month, which is twelve bucks in a year. You can come and hang out with all of us. We play some video games together, we talk MCP, we have an HPP league currently going. There will be more this year. There's at least gonna be one more, if not two more, this year. So Come and hang out and, and do that if you want to. And then, um, you know, it's just a great time. We talk about rosters. We talk about the POW world. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> talk about everything, man. It's so great. I love it so much. And, you know, it's it's not me that makes that community so special. It's the people involved in it that just are wonderful. Everyone is just wonderful. And, and Rob does a great job as kind of like the Discord dad over there. but it's everyone coming together to make that place so great. And, and I love it so much. I, I would have never imagined that that could have happened. And shout out to uh, everyone that, that provides so much to that community. I love it so much. And yeah. also, if you're interested, we are doing a giveaway right now. Check out the Facebook uh, page, House Party Protocol on Facebook. And the pinned post will tell you what you need to do. But we're going to have a secret code word. And... um. Justin, I think we established this code word pretty early, mm-hmm. and that's tactical blanket. Or yep. if you re- really want to be cute, you can go with a tactical blankie. I'd even be okay with that. <laughs> yep. For bonus points, uh, let him know what Hogwarts school you're going to paint yours on. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Yes, that'd be great. So, yeah, send that to us uh, via DM on the discord or you can send it over via email housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com or messages on facebook gathering all those i'll be sending out messages to let everyone know that we got that this will be your last opportunity to get the secret code word because we're going to be pulling this right before valentine's day 
So very much excited for that. And uh, yeah, I don't think I've got anything else. And uh, party on, Justin. Yeah, party on, Will. And power down suits. Suits.